the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, broadcasting from the 960 The Patriot Studios in beautiful Arizona, your car insiders. Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Good morning and welcome to your car insiders on 960 The Patriot. My name is Gary Green. I'm the host of the show and the easiest way to reach me. It's area code 602-525-1370. Very special thanks to Bobby Rabati and his family at B&N Auto Sales located at 15225 North 32nd Street in Phoenix, Arizona. If you are looking for a pre-owned commercial vehicle, it's a great place to start the search. Once again, Bobby Rabati, 602-722-9151. Also, very special thanks to Joey Staples and his team at Earnhardt Honda in Avondale, Arizona. Last week, one of the stories I ended up with, still mind-boggling, was the 712 used, I'm sorry, average payment for a monthly payment on a car was $712. I was talking last week about knowing if you're getting a, a good deal on a used car, okay, more important, in my opinion, and I'm not going to go back to the article I talked about, but more important than getting the great deal, make sure you're getting a good car. Okay, You want to look at the car. You want to check certain things. You want to drive the car. You want to look at the tires. If you're at a dealership and the tires look worn out okay, and they're barely above the 530 seconds that they say you can have on your tires, you want to look at the rest of the car very closely. So I've looked at used cars that I wouldn't help anybody purchase, okay? And if it's a used car and I don't like the car, I kind of stay away from that car. You know, we talked about things, and, you know, here's an article from last month that Hyundai added weekend production despite truckers' strike in Korea. Hyundai is adding weekend production at its massive complex of five factories in Ulsan, South Korea. The increase in production days is to compensate for the decrease decrease in output caused by a strike and to catch up to the automaker's production targets. Currently, there's an ongoing strike action in South Korea by Truckers Union provoked by rising fuel prices that began earlier this week. Nobody is building cars up to their expected production rates. It's a very, very difficult time to find inventory. And it's extremely hard to look online. You know, I'm going to go to a dealership, for example, 
and I'm going to bore you, and I'm going to pull up the dealership. And when I click on the link, I love how fast there the internet is here, Jeremy. So we're waiting now that I open like my mouth. Like a snail quick. Yep, now it's a snail quick. It was going quick. It could be because I've got a bunch of windows open. So when I click on new inventory and I click on all new inventory, okay, it says 297 vehicles. 17 on the lot, 280 in transit. There should be a third box that shows that there is there are 280 cars, but 265 of them already have deposits on them. I'm here to help you navigate through the hardest time I've ever seen try to buy a car in my 34 years of being involved in the automotive industry. You know, and you know, some of the things I get a kick out of is some of these articles. And I'm not saying that they're bad articles. I'm not saying that they're good articles, but they're they're entertaining. So sometimes an article will catch my sight and out of the corner of my eye, and I saw this one, and it said, car features that were a horrible mistake. Now, one of them goes back to the 1940s or 50s, where there was a record player in your car. Sometime in the 1930s, someone got the idea to add a radio to the automobile and called it a Motorola. The idea took off, and now having a car without a radio seems completely foreign to modern sensibilities. The radio soon became among the most popular options available for cars when it became being standard on higher trim and luxury vehicles. Now, I laugh about it because if you go to buy a car today, it's, it's kind of hard to find a car Sometimes that even has a CD player because they now all have USB ports and they have Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. And I'm the first one to admit, I've never used Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. I went to Denver last month in June and I borrowed my son's car. And actually using the Android Auto was actually pretty simple. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it made me realize that you don't necessarily need to have navigation in your car anymore. But remember, if you have navigation and you're using Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, if you lose phone service, you lose the Apple CarPlay and the Android Auto. So the second feature that they said was a bad one, I also agree with, was automatic seatbelts. Nissan was one of the first that came up with this. They embraced this technology and added it as an option. That meant whenever you enter the car, you are greeted, greeted with audible messages of the same voice as a speaking spell alerting you to things like the door is ajar, your engine oil pressure is critical, engine damage may occur. Sometimes these messages repeat until canceled by pressing a button or closing the door. Okay, talking cars. And I'm not talking about kit on TV. This was one of the most annoying things when it first came out, and it came out in 2001 in a 7 Series BMW, and everybody hated it. They called it the iDrive. Most cars today have some kind of a dial to adjust things, but it's way more functional than it was when it first came out in 2001. 
I had purchased the 2003 BMW 7 Series, and I bought it in 2004. So I bought the car late at night, and the gentleman said to me, hey, I'm going to need you to come back tomorrow. The iDrive discs are locked away in a closet. I don't have a key. No problem. So I show up the next day, and the gentleman comes out, puts the disc in the drive, get in the car, no disc available. So he goes and gets another one, puts it in, no disc available. So after the third one, I looked at him and said, let me ask you a question. Do you think it might be the disc reader that's the problem and not the disc? So we took the car over to the service drive, and in the trunk of a 7 Series BMW, there was a little compartment on the left-hand side that you opened up, and there was a little computer in there where you put the disc. And that component of the car was bad. Now, there's a couple of different ways warranty items are covered in a dealership. One is under warranty charge for the dealer, and the other one is a customer pay. So my thought process of me understanding the car business was that they knew this was wrong with the car. They knew that they didn't want to have a disc in the car when I drove it because it would show it didn't work. And they now wanted to do it as a customer pay because I believe, but I'm not 100% sure, that sometimes they pay more when it's a customer warranty charge than a dealership warranty charge. The point that I'm making here, whenever you're buying a car and you're buying a used car, make sure everything's working before you drive home. And obviously when I went back the next day, they fixed the component, you know, and it was done in about two hours, so it wasn't the end of the world. The next bad option, I'm also not a fan of this. Uh, I hate these things, and I have one in my car. Tire sealant kits. You know, some cars have donut spares. Some cars have tire sealant kits. Some of the dealerships allow, actually charge you for what they call as a spare tire kit, which could be anywhere from 300 bucks and up, Okay. This one I kind of laugh at. Chrysler actually built the car in 1963 with a jet engine. I'd like to have a jet engine car. I've never heard of this one. Fuel injection is one of the single's greatest inventions in fuel delivery. It has allowed engineers to create efficient vehicles capable of more power than ever. However, it was a fairly long path that brought it to the mainstream use. Early fuel injection was widespread on aircraft engines and came to cars in the form of mechanical fuel injection found on cars like the Chevrolet Corvette and the Mercedes-Benz 300SL, Gullwing. But few people knew the first electronic injection on a production car came at the hands of Chrysler engineers in the 50s. The Electrojector. The Bendix Electrojector. Never heard of it. The system is says to have worked brilliantly at 50 degrees, but became temperamental in the heat. I guess that wouldn't work too well in Phoenix. Okay. Another one that was a horrible. This was horrible. Cadillac came out with an engine. They called it the V864. 
Cadillac created a V8 engine with the cylinder deactivation for their 1980 model year and dubbed it the V8-6-4. The idea is that the car starts out, it would act as a regular V8, then when it gets to cruising speed, cylinders would deactivate until it would run down the highway and just half the available cylinders, thus reducing fuel usage significantly. The problem with this engine was almost legendary. They they discontinued the system after only a year. If not most, almost all owners had the dealers deactivate it not long after buying the cars. Uh, Fake vents. This is a newer one that's going to become an issue. Subscription-based options. And now they're becoming charge subscription-based options. You want an ice maker in the car, Jeremy? No, I think I'm good. I'll go in Arizona. General Motors rear windows. Lifetime transmission fluid. The Landau roof. Eco-friendly wiring. Some of these I've never heard of. A box frame. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to sell you anything. My name's Gary Green. I'm the host of the show, and the easiest way to reach me, it's area code 602-525-1370. Very special thanks to Chad Sasan and his team at Rodeo Kia in Avondale, Arizona. The most prestigious and coveted honor that American Honda Motor Company awards dealerships is the President's Award. The award recognizes the dealership teams who demonstrate superior achievement and customer satisfaction, new car unit sales value, and business management. Earnhardt Honda is proud to have received this prestigious award many times, and they want to show you why they're the top-selling Honda dealer in the Central and West Phoenix Valley regions. Earnhardt Honda's mission is to provide their customers with world-class service in every phase of the sales and service experience. 100% customer satisfaction is General Manager Joey Staples' goal. The staff at Earnhardt Honda participate in continuous training programs to improve industry and product knowledge and new ways to continue to provide top-notch customer service. Joey realizes that customers have a choice, and when customers like you choose Earnhardt Honda, you have put your implicit trust in them. Joey appreciates and is honored to have your trust. You can reach him at his desk by calling 623-463-4308 or visit him at Earnhardt Honda, located in Avondale or online at EarnhardtHonda.com. Monta Vista Cleaners has the latest state-of-the-art equipment and uses only the best cleaning supplies available. Family-owned and operated since 2001. They offer fast, same-day service until 9 a.m. every day on dry-cleaned items and next-day service on all other items. They are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. So stop by any of our three locations, 210 North 59th Avenue, Suite 111 in Glendale, or 8345 West Thunderbird, Suite 104 in Peoria, or 777 East Thunderbird Road, number 105 in Moon Valley. Welcome back to your car insiders on 960 The Patriot. Very special thanks to Adam Breen at Earnhardt Hyundai in Avondale. Appreciate everything Adam's done over the years. He completely understands what it is I'm doing to try to help clients buy cars. You know, one of the things that's really, really important is, you know, what to do in the event that you have a car accident. It's very important. And, you know, I've got my daughter trained really well. Uh, The first thing she does is she calls dad. 
And I got that phone call once, uh, actually twice. The first time it was a little scratch and it really annoyed me because the woman hit her and took off. And when she took off, I called the police like an idiot, not knowing that there was only a half an inch scratch on the back of the car. So now I have a police report on the Carfax for a half inch scratch. But the last one was in December of 2021. My daughter was driving uh, eastbound on Happy Valley Road and someone driving westbound at 23rd Avenue decided they were going to make a left turn and try to beat her. Well, when they made the left turn, they turned right in front of her and she didn't T-bone the car, but basically hit the front of the car on the side. And the worst, the, the thing that was great was my daughter called me. So when I showed up at the accident, she was already off at the side of the road. There was a car wash there, but her car was in the middle of the street. My heart would have skipped a beat if I would have driven up and seen what her car looked like when I pulled up to the scene of the accident. So here's the thing that talks about know what to do when you're in a car accident and safe, safe as possible. Okay. I don't get the first one, but it says after impact, your first instinct might be have you grab your phone to search for what to do in a car accident. If so, you're in fight mode, not flight or freeze mode. So your body's stress response is headed in the right direction for this situation. Don't ever flee the scene and don't just sit in your car. Now is the time to take action. Keep your eyes open and your mind alert so that you don't risk greater injury or property damage while taking your next steps. Now, If you are capable of getting out of your car, you need to be extremely careful because I promise you, the people that are pulling up are not paying attention to you getting out of your car because they're too busy gawking at the damage to your vehicle. Step two, if you can safely move your vehicle to the side or whatever road you're on, do so. This will help prevent the other cars from smashing into your damaged vehicle. Once you've moved it, turn off your engine to minimize fire risk. If you can't move your car, but you can safely move yourself and anyone else in the car, get out of harm's way. Assess everybody's injuries. If anybody's visibly hurt, are you obviously hurt? If so, your main priority is attend to the injury. Every step after step four on this list can wait until everyone is medically stable. There's nothing more important than the physical well-being of everyone involved in the crash. I was driving down the I-17 the other day heading to the airport, and there must have been about 12 cars all over the freeway on the sides, and it was horrific because... Not only were there 12 cars, there was one motorcycle and about 9,000 pieces. And I don't know what happened to the person that was riding the bike, but I know that they had got him off to the side of the road. I don't know what condition he was in, but it's, it's, it's so important to try to safely get into a safe spot. Contact first responders. Collect evidence. If, if you have an accident and you feel a little sore, Okay, I'm going to tell you, get checked out by a doctor. If you don't think you need to go to the emergency room, get checked out by a physician at an urgent care facility as soon as you can. Keep records of any unusual symptoms or injuries you've sustained and the name and contact information of any providers involved in your diagnosis and treatment. If you've prescribed medication or told to engage in any kind of follow-up care, obey these directions to the letter. 
Failure to do so could compromise the strength of any personal injury claim that you might file later on. I'm telling you, if you are in a car accident and your airbags deployed, okay, you're going to be sore the next day. Now, my daughter felt the airbag, but the thing that she had a big issue with was obviously I think she locked her hands when she hit the steering wheel. She didn't fracture her wrist, but she absolutely bruised her wrist. She bruised her sternum from the airbag going off. Okay. Record your impressions. Shift your focus to the next steps. According to the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention Report, 2.1 million emergency room visits were made across the U.S. due to car accident injuries over a single year period. If you've been hurt and or your car sustained significant damage, you may be entitled to significant compensation. Okay, schedule a free case evaluation with a local lawyer. I've got a feeling that at some point this article may have been been written. Look at that. ESQ. I didn't realize that that the article was written by an attorney. Okay. I'm not telling you not to sue somebody when you're in an accident. Uh I will tell you I was in an accident once I was 21 years old. Uh and it was my fault. I hit somebody and it became kind of ironic Uh, I was dealing with my insurance company and the gentleman was suing me for $1.1 million. He was refusing to leave the hospital because the hospital couldn't find anything wrong with him and he was convinced something was wrong. And it turned out that all of a sudden I got something from my insurance company that the claim had been settled. And I didn't have anywhere near a million dollars worth of insurance on myself. And when I called the insurance company, he, the gentleman, we spoke a little bit and he kind of laughed. He said, yeah, it kind of went away because we, we thought it was a little bit crazy how much he was suing for from what happened. And we had him investigated and it didn't look real good when he was out front cutting his grass with a lawnmower. Okay. We live in a very sue-happy society. I'm not an attorney. I'm not going to give you advice as an attorney. I'm going to tell you if you've had an accident and you have a problem, it's not a bad idea to reach out, to speak to someone, to find out what it is that you're possibly eligible to receive. My name's Gary Green. I'm the host of the show, The Easiest Way to Reach Me. It's area code 602 525 1370. Very special thanks to David Garcia and Alex Medina at Rodeo Ford. Uh, I really enjoy going there to help people buy cars. Uh, what I love, you know, especially, you know, one of the big things that I have when I help somebody buy a car, if there's an issue after the fact, please don't call the dealership. Call me. You paid me to help you. Let me be the guy that runs down the information that you're looking for. Once again, the easiest way to reach me, it's area code 602-525-1370. 
I'm here to help you. I'm not here to sell you anything. I want to send out a very special thanks to Lundy's Peoria Volkswagen, located at 8801 West Bell Road in Peoria, Arizona. Once again, Lundy's Peoria Volkswagen. Adam Breen at Earnhardt Hyundai in Avondale. Joey Staples at Earnhardt Honda in Avondale. Chad Sasan at Rodeo Kia in Avondale. David Garcia and Alex Medina at Rodeo Ford in Goodyear, Arizona. I'm here to help you. I'm not selling you anything. If you'd like my help, 602-525-1370. Bonta Vista Cleaners has the latest state-of-the-art equipment and uses only the best cleaning supplies available. Family owned and operated since 2001. They offer fast, same-day service until 9 a.m. every day on dry-cleaned items and next-day service on all other items. They are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. So stop by any of our three locations, 210 North 59th Avenue, Suite 111 in Glendale, or 8345 West Thunderbird, Suite 104 in Peoria, or 777 East Thunderbird Road, number 105 in Moon Valley. Welcome back to Your Car Insiders on 960 The Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green. I'm the host of the show and always the easiest way to reach me. It's area code 602-525-1370. You can find me online at yourcarinsiders.com. There's a contact page. Okay, If you've listened to the show for any amount of time, I drive a Dodge Challenger, 485 horsepower, manual transmission. I am not an electric car person. I know very, very, very little about them. But one thing that I found that I to be very interesting was, as I mentioned, I go to MSN's homepage, I go to autos, and I look for articles. So here's an article by Beatrice Nolan on June 16th, 2022. Tesla has increased prices for all of its models in the U.S., with some raising up by $6,000. Tesla has accrued the price of all its cars, Amid supply chain issues, the automaker has raised the price of cars several times in 22. The price hike comes amid wider concerns about how economic impact issues will impact the economy. Tesla has increased the price of its cars in the U.S. amid ongoing supply chain issues. The company's website previously showed the price of the Model X as $114,990, now shows a price of $129,990. The Model Y increased from 62,990 to 65,990. The company raised the price of its car several times in 2020, hiking the price of the cheapest car by $10,000 over the next year. The most recent price hikes come amid wider concerns over how the company is being impacted by economic issues. I'm not here to bash Tesla. I'm not here to say it's a bad car. I'm not here to say it's a bad company. But what I found to be ironic, and I'm going to ask Jeremy a question. You ready? On the MSN homepage, when you scroll down and you count all of the articles that range from lawsuits for this, profits for this, and have the word Tesla or Musk in the article title on the homepage, for MSN Autos, how many articles do you think there were? I'm going to say a high number. I'm going to say, you know, 25. How about I stop counting at 80? Oh, goodness. And 
and I'm telling you, read about these things. It's and some you know they're talking about autonomous crashes. They're talking about lawsuits for this. They're talking about a lot. Of, I'm not bashing on. The, I know people that own them and they swear by them. They think they're the greatest car in the world. It's just not anything. And I've helped three people buy them. And they're all good friends. They all love the cars. They all bought them for a great reason. And they're all thrilled with their vehicles. I'm not saying it's a bad car. I'm just saying understand what it is that you're getting in with. Now, one of the articles that bothered me was an article on electric, E-L-E-C-T-R-E-K, on June 16th. Tesla is sending untrained employees to work on cars as service becomes problematic. Tesla is sending some of its employees who are not in service and are untrained to work on cars into service centers to fix vehicles. It looks like Tesla's service issues are bigger than we thought. Earlier this month, we reported that the CEO announcement that Tesla is working on service in North North America. Now, Tesla is aiming to make the majority of appointments same-day repairs. As we notice, it is much needed since Tesla's consumer fleet is growing much faster than its service infrastructure. I would not want somebody working on a car that didn't know what they were doing. Their serviceability changes wild, wildly, widely in different reasons, regions. I had heard from owners about some long wait times, but I don't know if it's big enough to, of an issue. Apparently, Tesla is internally concerned about the issue for many reasons. Customer satisfaction is down, and some owners are giving up their Tesla vehicles over the bad service. Tesla has an incredible, incredible retention rate, and this is probably the only reason our people are giving up their Tesla vehicles. Interesting. I'm hearing that Tesla is also concerned because the service appointment time is sort of public data since anyone with the Tesla vehicle can go through the app and check it out, which means that Tesla shorts can use the data. Tesla doesn't like that. They'll follow up the story in the next couple of weeks. I wouldn't want a guy doing heavy repairs on my vehicle in a Dodge dealership that was a lube and oil tech. When I go in to get my oil changed, they do it in what's called a quick lube. Okay, Now, if the quick lube guy notices something, the car then goes into the shop. Uh, to me, I want to know who's working on my car. It's And, and, and folks, guess what? It, it's not just Tesla. I don't want you to think I'm picking on Tesla, but it seems like everybody is because there's 88 articles that I found on the homepage for MSN Autos, just looking at it today on June 21st. My name is Gary Green. I'm the host of the show, and the easiest way to reach me, it's 602 525 1370. Welcome to Rodeo Ford. Located in Goodyear, Arizona at 13680 West Test Drive, Rodeo Ford is proud to be one of the premier dealerships in the area. From the moment you walk in their showroom, you'll know their commitment to customer service is second to none. They strive to make your experience with Rodeo Ford a good one for the life of your vehicle. Whether you need to purchase, finance, or service a new or pre-owned Ford, you've come to the right place. 
Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Welcome back to Your Car Insiders on 960 The Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green. I'm a host of the show and the easiest way to reach me. It's 602-525-1370. want to thank all the, all the sponsors of the radio show. The Earnhardt's over at Earnhardt Honda, Earnhardt Hyundai in Avondale, Rodeo Ford, Rodeo Kia, uh, the Kia stores in Avondale, the Ford stores in Goodyear. Very special thanks to Lundy's Peoria Volkswagen and Bobby Rabati and his family at BNN Auto Sales. You know, we were talking about Tesla. Now, here's an article from June 16th, updated five days ago on Reuters. VW U.S. chief warns of industry challenges with EV battery shift. U.S. Volkswagen's top U.S. executive said on Thursday that the United States faces major challenges in ramping up battery production to facilitate a shift to electric vehicles, including attracting skilled workers, mining for key metals, and supply chain issues. Chief executive of Volkswagen Group of America told an automotive news forum in Washington that the move to EVs is the single biggest industrial transformation in America. Automakers and battery companies are committing tens of billions of dollars to building new battery plants and EV assembly plants through North America as they scale up electric vehicle production. This move focusing on vehicles powered by advanced new batteries rather than a gasoline then gasoline requires the United States to overcome a serious a series of challenges. These challenges include attracting enough skilled workers, dramatically boosting and facilitating U.S. mining for critical minerals to produce the lithium batteries for EVs, supply chain issues, and more broadly addressing healthcare, education, and infrastructure, Kehoe said that potentially hundreds of thousands of people could be employed by 2030 in the U.S. battery industry production. It comes down to labor. It comes down to the infrastructure. It comes down to the investment. There's been a goal set of 50% of new vehicle sales being electric or plug-in electric by 2030, but this is not endorsed phasing out gas-powered vehicles by any given date. What's going to happen if... They can't make batteries for all of these cars. It's, you know, I, I got a kick out of this other article, and there's so much stuff about electric cars. GM pulls out a surprise that Tesla, Mercedes, and Lucid won't like. Now, this article is not for everybody, and this article was in The Street Technology, written on June 16th, 2022. On May 16th, 1956, President Dwight D. Eisenhower officially opened the GM Get, Get General Motors Company Report Technical Center in Warrington, Warren, Michigan, in a nationally televised ceremony. 
At the time, the facility was the largest corporate building project in the world, costing more than $125 million, and Life magazine dubbed the center the Versailles of Industry. And now GM, is you ready for this, Jeremy? Investing $81 million into the center, not into the car, into the building, so it could build the company's premium brand, <coughs> Cadillac Celestique, another vehicle in the automaker's effort to take down Elon Musk's Titan Tesla. Future flagship sedan. Now, the reason why this isn't for everybody is the vehicle is expected to sell for $200,000. But if you jump online right now and you try to find a 2022 uh, Tesla Model S Plaid, they're in the $140,000 range. Uh, the Model X starts at about $120,000 now. Uh, I I enjoyed looking at a model EQS Mercedes. However, as I've mentioned, I am not the electric car guy. I'm not the guy to call me about these opinions. But I did find it interesting enough that somebody was actually writing an article about a $200,000 electric car. I mentioned earlier about a... We were talking about an article about buying cars, and I did find the the follow-up. It was how to know you're getting the best used car price. And I didn't read this yet, but we're going to do it right now. In a market where dealers won't negotiate, here's how to recognize when you're getting a deal and when you're getting hosed. There are many, many, many used car dealerships that are no longer uh, advertising prices that they will negotiate from. Okay? So let's talk about this. Despite some reports of used car prices coming down, consumers are still faced with pre-owned cars that are way more expensive than anyone anticipated. In a market where inventory moves quickly, dealers rarely budge on the price. Here's how you can figure out if you're getting a fair deal. In this bonkers used car market, buyers need to understand that a deal is relative to what's available and the price spectrum your desired vehicle falls in. Forget about what you paid for a certain car a few years ago, everything is more expensive now. You should absolutely, and I agree with this, he wrote mostly, I wrote absolutely, ignore the savings the dealer says you're getting. I would also caution you against getting hung up on what a third-party pricing website like KBB or Edmund says you should be paying for a certain car. When you're on Auto Trader and KBB's telling you what you should pay for a car, please understand that KBB and Auto Trader are both owned by Cox Automotive. These sites can provide some helpful guidelines in terms of general pricing ranges, but the reality is a car is worth what someone is willing to pay. Just because your retail price just because your target car has a retail price above what the guideline says, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a best deal, a bad deal. One of the best methods I've found over the years is examine a vehicle listing in relation to other vehicles in the same area. As you can see that many of these prices are similar across most of the listings given the mileage. But let's compare the two listings below. So comparing the two listings below, here's a used 2019 Nissan Rogue SL, $298. Here's another vehicle, a 2019 Nissan Rogue SL for $24,372. Basically a $74 difference. On the surface, that makes the car a better value. However, 
advertise prices don't tell the whole stories. Dealers have been gaming the on price online pricing system for a while, even before the inventory mess. They'll advertise a market competitive price only to add in a bunch of bogus fees that make the total price less competitive. That's why it's critical to request a complete out-the-door number from a dealership so you can make an accurate comparison. I'm telling you, you need to look online when you're looking at these ads and see if you can find the small print. I'm going to go to a dealership right now that somebody called me on a used car. I'm obviously not going to mention the name of the dealership, uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but here's a, a used 2021. So when I get to the bottom of the ad, let's see what it says. I'm trying to see if there's a deal there. It doesn't look like there was one on the car I looked at last night. Uh, last one available. See important disclosures here. So here, in the important disclosures that you have to click on the box, there is a value protection package of $976, a $229 VTR package. So on top of the advertised price, there's approximately another $1,200 added. There are dealerships that have close to $2,500 added. Uh, I'm just telling people, it, it doesn't matter how you got there, it matters how you leave. It's very important in addition to looking at the year, mileage, warranty, balance. So if you're looking at two cars and the mileages are very similar, but one car is eight months older than the other, the warranty is not the same. In addition to looking at the year, mileage, warranty, balance, price and equipment, another factor is distance. Casting a wide net will give you more inventory to choose from and potentially a better value, but you'll want to balance the travel transport cost of getting the car versus buying local. I prefer to buy local. I like to buy local and I like to buy from people that I have relationships with. If you buy a used car and you don't have a relationship with anybody at the dealership and you have a problem, you are on your own. I'm not a big fan of helping people buy cars with 80, 90, 100, 110, 120,000 miles on them. I had a perfect used car for somebody the other day. It was a one-owner 2007 Honda Accord. I called my friend about the car, and his wife had the nerve to call the gentleman and say, is that your best price? She should have said to him, when can I meet you to bring you the money? Because everything she has found for that dollar amount is junk. I don't know what people are thinking. I guess it's a it's a knee-jerk reaction. Somebody tells you what they want for a used car. Now, I was pretty, pretty explicit when I explained, this is what he's going to charge you for the car. If you'd like to buy the car, reach out to him. He's not negotiating from the price. What's the first thing she does? Is that the best price? Well, guess what? He didn't sell her the car. He sold it to somebody else. And he was such a nice guy that he was so thankful for everything that I offered to try to do to help him sell his car. He still wanted to pay me for selling his car. Like, you're not paying me for selling your car to your brother-in-law. Okay, I'm not here to take people's money to do nothing. I'm here to help you buy a car. If we start c conversing about things and you're not happy with what I'm saying or I'm not interested in working with you, we part ways, we part friends, we go down a different road. Uh, if you call me after the fact and you don't get a call back from me, it could be for the reason that I'm not interested sometimes in continuing to talk about helping somebody. 
A lot of buyers get frustrated when they feel the need to get into a back-and-forth negotiation on a car that is already priced appropriately for the market. Then that vehicle gets snatched up by somebody else. Absolutely. While you're thinking about it, somebody else thought about it. Okay, that Kia that I helped those folks buy last week, there was not another one for them to find anywhere near it at the price that we were talking about. It's not necessarily the best price. It's a it's a good value with the right car. You know, I went to a dealership not that long ago and it was a nineteen thousand mile Toyota Corolla. Okay, nineteen thousand miles where the tires were bad. That tells me it's a driven hard vehicle. Not interested, especially since the dealership didn't replace the tires. And if the car had 19,000 miles on it and new tires, why did it have new tires at 19,000 miles? I'm here to help you. Not here to sell you anything. It is the craziest used car market I've ever seen. It is also the nuttiest I've ever seen the new car world. Last article that we're going to talk about, I thought it was kind of interesting because I get people that call me all the time and I don't generally refer service facilities. Okay, There's a gentleman that does a radio show on the on the station. His name is Mark Salem. He owns Salem Automotive in Tempe. Uh, if you live in the East Valley, I couldn't think of a guy that I would send you to other than him because I don't know anybody else. I know he has a great reputation. I know he's honest. And I know that, you know, one of the worst things is when you're paying to get your car fixed, are you really paying for something that needs to be fixed? Okay. Most expensive car repair repairs. And these are things where people talk about not needing extended service contracts. So this carmd.com has created annual reports on check engine light repairs, the most common issues costing for fixing them across the U.S. and even the most expensive repairs drivers face. Below are the 10 most expensive check engine light rate repairs from least to most costly. Number 10, and I got one minute, replace engine control module, ECM, $839. Replace powertrain control module, $897. Replace electronic brake control module, $1,140. Replace ABS modulator, $1,767. A new catalytic converter, $2,512. Cylinder head, $2,625. Transmission assembly, $4,310. If you have to add the converter, it's $5,280. A hybrid battery, they started about four grand. Replace your engine block, $7,300. Please, folks, if you're buying a car, take into consideration, do you really need that service contract and what's it going to save you from? My name's Gary Green. I'm the host of the show, and the easiest way to reach me, it's 602-525-1370, and I'll be back next Saturday. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.